0: This is a car show but it's also more because
1: cars connect us to every part of our lives families careers hobbies and adventures we never expected so you should have a car you love and we're here to help i'm todd i'm paul and this is the everyday driver car debate hello everybody welcome back we're coming in hot it is friday happy friday we hope you had an awesome week we have had one of those weeks that vanished we had an afternoon that vanished talking for two hours before we even pushed recording. We had a live podcast Monday, and I swear to you, I was here yesterday to do that. We have stopped talking. That's how it feels. There's been <laughs> so much going on, guys. We have so much to tell you about. A couple of great car debates, great questions from you as always, and we're gonna dive right in. Meanwhile, in the tech industry, Elon is discussing
0: the upcoming Tesla Roadster on X, and I maybe saw including this. the SpaceX package with a ten rocket thruster. Ten rocket thrusters to obtain a sub one second zero to sixty acceleration time. I saw this. I'm sure NHTSA is going to just pass that. No problem. Governments worldwide will just say, you know what? We're all in third grade. <laughs> yes. What a great I idea. Just, I Let's read, do a I bottle rocket strapped to our Hot Wheels. Oh. That's the what it is. That's exactly what it is. You taped a couple of bottle rockets mm-hmm. on your Hot Wheels car. Even I mean, maybe the force multiplier might be a little extreme
1: on that, but still... Everybody, every kid did this. Well, my son had a science class last year where they literally made balsa wood racers and they launched them with compressed air. This is what we're talking because about. Because of course he did. Okay? And, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of Elon Musk's kids is in that grade and went through that and Elon went, that's a good idea. There's, there's 50 fire extinguishers there's, taped to my trunk. There's so many layers of stupid here, I could barely get over it. <laughs> there's layers of stupid. First yeah. off, no one wants a zero to 60 of under a second. We all think we do. We're all sitting here going, that fast, really? I promise you, you're not going to enjoy that. Testers for magazines are going to hate this car for that reason. They're going to be amazed, but even if they make it happen... That's if it gets to pre-production. I agree with you. Go forth and build this for your product testers. I'm jumping all the way to this exists and and Rodentrack has a version and they're they're, (laughs) they're trying to do 50 launches. Which is a jump. Okay, I'm making that jump. Now let me come back to reality. I've left that fantasy world, come back to reality. You're going to put Rockets... that face backwards, because they have to to get this kind of thrust. Uh They're going to face toward the car behind you. And somebody is going to approve this car for production to drive on public streets so that you can be the Tesla idiot who says you're going to do zero to 60 in one second from the light and char the guy behind you. There is absolutely no way. There's No, no way. I just
0: realized Elon's already built a prototype. Oh, I'm sure they're playing with it. It's in space.
1: Oh gosh, you're right.
0: It's currently in space.
1: The first roadster. The is first going, roadster, yeah, uh-huh. roadster that got launched, yeah.
0: on rockets, mm-hmm. is actually in space. I this is this, this is prototype number one. That's where the idea came from. I guarantee you, he looked back and said, "You know." Let's put the SpaceX package on the new Roadster. People will hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. We hurt ourselves with the C6 generation ZR1 accelerating hard. That thing snapped our necks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was go see a chiropractor, kind of painful snapping acceleration from 30 to 50.
1: It hooked up. Truthfully, anything, and, and many Teslas do this, including the Cybertruck, anything below three is bordering on too much for humans to enjoy. Anything below three seconds. Isn't you that the I've point of cars? It, to you, enjoy them? You or,
0: or is it to win YouTube drag races? Well,
1: there's that as well. I can't there's decide. A whole, there's a whole You and I would have millions of subscribers if we'd only done more YouTube drag races. If only. This is really the lesson here. But, but I just, do I think there's going to be a Roadster? Possibly. Okay? It's been so long and they took money. They took actual like quarter million dollars from people years ago. And there's been no car. So they're already on the back foot. But... <laughs> They proved us all wrong with the Cybertruck. They have they have forced that into existence and I genuinely want to drive it and I know everybody's talking about yes. it. I'm, yes. I'm it's on the t- absolute there's like the top of my list Cybertruck. Everything else is in like fourth place. It's way up front. <laughs> it's the first three places. It is. I, I, I really want to drive <laughs> it. it. Occupies please the first please three don't slots. misunderstand me. And if they make right. this Roadster, I want to drive that too. Totally. But it's been vaporware and now we're talking about rockets on the back for a speed that humans are not going to enjoy. But this actually continues what we've discussed before, and
0: that is selling cars predicated on their straight line Mm -hmm. acceleration. What if, Elon, instead of strapping rockets to anything except
1: (laughs) payload that needs to
0: go to space.
1: Okay, sure, like actual actual rockets, rockets. got it, okay.
0: Why don't you focus on building a lightweight electric car, Roadster, coupe, I don't care, Mm -hmm. hardtop, whatever, Mm -hmm that actually handles great. And you kind of switched your focus from just acceleration because you have now confirmed that's all EVs are good for. Mm. What EVs have we seen there that have been proposed? A few, less than three, <laughs> but nobody's talking about the EV that's lightweight, that handles great mm-hmm. that you want to drive because it's enjoyable and fun to drive. Yeah. yeah. And the, the weight balance is great and the dynamics of the car is so much fun. No, it continues We have to get faster, so how do we get actually faster? But by the way, I was talking to Chance about this, he brought up a great point about rocket-powered dragsters. Sure. Throughout humanity, everybody has arrived, finally, at the pinnacle idea, and that is strapping a rocket (laughs) to anything. With wheels, this is
1: the this is the uh, Salt Flats racing every uh-huh. year. It's rockets on the back of cars. I'm not saying this doesn't exist. It's just they don't sit in traffic. But you've, <laughs> you, <laughs> they right. don't sit in traffic, folks.
0: But you've noticed. I mean, these are apparently like the cold gas, the nose thruster kind of mm. rockets. So okay, mm. fine. But sure, generally speaking, rocket powered anything is not quick off the line. It's quick at the finish line.
1: True. True. Yeah. And
0: at that point, you're going too quick, <laughs> so quick that dental records won't matter anymore.
1: 60 was a long time ago.
0: Disintegration will be a kind descriptor to yes. what happened after
1: you cross the finish <laughs> there line. There are not enough airbags to solve that problem. Obliteration,
0: annihilation. What Yikes. is the descriptor that we put in there that will happen? And that's not what anybody wants. So what about a great looking, great handling, fun, fun to drive?
1: Well, and I have to admit, this EV. roadster styling wise looks interesting. Looks cool. What if that? What if that roadster were just three thousand pounds? I'm not even going to ask it to be two. I'm talking three thousand pounds. And what if the power were much less than every other EV? What if it were less? What if the zero to sixty was four and a half? You know what it'd feel like fast? <laughs> it would. <laughs> it would. It would feel fast it would it be an electric car with a four and a seconds to 60 that would feel fast anytime you put your foot in it it doesn't need to be two three no. now it's bragging rights and this it's is what for Elon YouTube. has always done very well is throw out some completely ridiculous thing and then they try to hit that target the engineers try not to kill themselves after he, he mentions he's going to do this right and then they force it into existence and it's some variant of what he promised two three years ago and we all talk about it in the interim so it's a success in that regard it's already a success Except for the millions and millions of dollars they took for the Roadster years ago, including Marcus Brownlee, where they just (laughs) took that money and it vanished into the tire fire of of the company.
0: Speaking of vanishing millions, Apple has canceled Project Titan, otherwise known as the Apple car. Isn't
1: this interesting?
0: My question is, by the way, I've read all the Financial Times articles. Mm -hmm. I've read about how Tim Cook visited BMW and promptly blew the executives' minds when he observed all the production and engineering and said, we're going to do that. We can do that. And everybody at BMW raised their eyebrows Mm -hmm. and thought, what? You're going to do what is Mm -hmm. that? That's why you're here? And Hyundai and other manufacturers that Tim Cook met with didn't meet with him anymore after the declaration that they're going to build an Apple car. And after a decade, they've canceled it without ever admitting all they would ever tell anybody is that they make iPhones. Mm -hmm. But now they have acknowledged it to the point where, yeah, we're, we're canceling it. Hang on James Dyson yeah who actually canceled it a few years like five years ago at least you didn't sit up and take notice when he mm-hmm. spent over 600 million of his own money into development and declared it to be too difficult and you thought the profit margins were as fat
1: as iPhones? Look, this is the Tesla story. Tesla proved this. I mean, it's amazing that Tesla came out on the other side of it, but Tesla showed how hard it is for a startup to mass market cars. Mm -hmm. And they are still struggling in many ways, but they are making mass market cars. The Model Y is one of the most successful cars on the globe as far as sales are concerned. So they've surmounted it, but look at everybody that isn't Tesla that is a newbie. Pick your brand, Rivian, Lucid, and those are just the top two. (laughs) All of them are struggling. Yes. Apple. Just makes money. And now they're going to dabble over here in something that is this difficult. And clearly somebody, maybe it was Tim Cook, maybe it was somebody else, but somebody finally actually got them to pay attention to the white flags being thrown and just going, this is going to be incredibly hard and an absolute just black hole for cash. So they have called it. This just shows to me just how difficult this is. This has been presented as, we'll just make an EV car. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing, as, as much as there's pros and cons of Tesla, Tesla weathered it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And still nobody learned. Still nobody learned how hard it was. Tesla had a few things, COVID being one, that gave them a, a little shot in the arm that helped them stumble through some of the worst times when they should have folded. If you look at the history <laughs> of Tesla, there's many times it should have gone the other way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And still nobody yeah. learned.
0: Well, we wish Apple all success in investigating their own AI (laughs) as they redirect billions of dollars from the Apple car project. And we hope other companies learn the similar lesson because there's already at least 20 other companies investigating how to build an electric car, thinking the profit margins are fat and we're going to. (laughs) We're gonna cash in and everybody's gonna buy them and no, they're not.
1: I mean, phones are making them unbelievable amounts of cash and if they actually do do this kind of complete instrument takeover secondary version of Apple CarPlay where any car you get in looks like the same Apple interface, that's actually the better coup for Apple.
0: It's my understanding that merchandise is only available in Cupertino. You cannot buy shirts and jackets and Mm. shot glasses and all that kind of stuff with the Apple logo except in Cupertino. But maybe what Apple could do to throw us a bone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Make a scale model of what the Apple Car final design was going to be, and let us buy it as a scale model in the gift shop in Cupertino. I want it with a bite out of the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) We are coming to Laguna Seca March 9th and 10th, 2024.
1: Yeah, we are. It is a hooked on driving track day, 103 decibel day. Saturday is sold out, but Sunday still has space. It does still have space. But the key thing we're bringing it up here hang on, I'm just, just, just reset your brain real quick if you're thinking I'm not a person that tracks my car. Good news, we're doing a Cars and Coffee Sunday morning. Sunday morning. That is March 10th at Laguna Seca, that parking lot there. Now you will have to drive to the Laguna Seca track. You'll have to sign the little waiver that says, yes, I know I'm entering a racetrack. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you're there for cars and coffee. So come to the parking lot. We're gonna be there looking for you guys between nine and 11. Yes, there will be people on the racetrack. If that's not you, that's fine. Bring a lovely beverage, walk around, see some cool cars, see people on Laguna Seca racetrack if you've ever done that before or not done it. It's really cool either way. It's actually a really cool spectator track as well. It is, yeah. We would love to see you guys out there. We realized that our schedule going out there is kind of compressed, and so the best time we have to have a meetup and to see you guys is to just do a Cars and Coffee that morning. So please come out Sunday morning. We'd love to see you whether you're on track or not.
0: Well, when we rent the track, we've got the main paddock there. Yeah, we do.
1: It's going unused, and we realized...
0: Let's invite everybody out So perfect place. If you're in California, we would love to see you there. Again, that's Sunday, March 10th, 2024. Cars and Coffee, 9 to 11. Hope to see you there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Spring cleaning is coming, or at least it will eventually be coming when all the snow melts. And when that happens, it's time to upgrade your summer fun car. Get it out of the garage. Get it ready for summer with upgraded brakes. PowerStops Z26 Street Warrior Brake Upgrade Kit features. Drilled and slotted rotors that will keep your brake temperatures low and they resist rust as well. Included in the kit are carbon fiber ceramic pads that will give you durable, reliable stopping power without all the nasty brake dust. Head to PowerStop.com, fill
0: in your vehicle's information into their easy to use brake finder and it will match you with complete kits and components for your car. Join us and the thousands of drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse. PowerStop, brake upgrades made easy. Zach's kids are kicking the back of the seat.
1: Kid one, he's worried about kid kid two doing more. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: true. Zach writes to us, he's in his mid-30s. He's got a wife, a three-year-old son, and a couple of mid-sized dogs. Okay. His fun summer weekend car is a GR86. We Love applaud it. that, Zach. He uses for autocross or just errands in the summer. His daily is a Volkswagen Golf Alltrack. Everybody remembers those, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they were, I mean, they were really cool. They were rare to see them, but they're very cool. A lot of people got them in manual, even better. <laughs> uh, what?
0: Mm-hmm. Zach really likes it for its functionality, overall size, but the back seat lacks depth for his growing son. Mm. His son's feet now hit the back of the passenger seat, and they can't move it up much further when his wife is seated there. Nobody else has ever encountered this problem, right? <laughs> it's
1: totally this, unique this to This is Zach. totally unique. I, I bought a whole different <laughs> Cayenne because of this problem. But anyway, moving on, yeah. This problem could be compounded if they have a second child in the next couple of years because he can't
0: move the driver's seat up either. Okay. So he's looking at options that have more back seat space but aren't giant, and or soulless vehicles. Mm. He loves wagons, but such options are quite limited. Now, his wife drives a Buick Tour X, so that's off the table.
1: But you do love wagons. He does love wagons. That's very cool. I like that. You never see those cars.
0: Most crossovers and SUVs bore Zach to death. Mm. There are some fastback or liftback kinds of sedans and styling that intrigue him. The front runner being the Volkswagen Arteon. And Zach, that is, I think, the first time in the history of the show that, that anybody's written to us actually thinking about an Arteon. Already
1: planning on the Arteon. I you're don't right. see those anywhere. You're right. You're right. We yeah. had it as a press car mm-hmm. a few years ago, and I've never seen another one since. And we did like it. But you're right. You just We never hear
0: about them. You never hear about them. And he's verified it has ample backseat space for his needs. Okay, Coming in second place on the list is perhaps a Kia Stinger. Okay. Zach drove a 2018 Macan S as well. No, drove nicely. It still feels like an SUV. And the backseat and cargo space might be even smaller than the All Track, which was surprising. Well, the proportions are certainly different. So what else is out there to consider? It doesn't need to be sporty, but it does need to have personality. Zach's budget is up to thirty thousand dollars, maybe thirty-five, if it's a killer new vehicle mm. or some sort of CPO deal. I have one car. Do you really, Zach, to rule them all? I'm thinking through SUVs, and you're going to have to go determine ultimately what you like. It's the Mercedes S-Class. I'm just kidding, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would work, but that's
1: not. Yeah, you're not. It's not working otherwise. Yeah, I got it.
0: Since I freaked you out with a hundred sixty thousand dollars price point, what I will suggest. At the thirty-five to thirty-eight thousand-dollar price point, the new Honda Accord Touring that we noticed had monumental, notable, amazing backseat space, and you might be shy—you might shy away from this choice because, after all, I did say Honda Accord. Mm -hmm. However, we liked it. Mm -hmm. We We liked liked how it drove. The styling is—it's back to what I know Honda to be: elegant, but conservative surfaces and it's not necessarily the most standout in a crowd kind of a thing but you already have a gr86 Mm -hmm. which makes it all okay so i'm suggesting the new honda accord touring to you you need to drive the new honda accord the backseat space is spectacular it is a huge backseat on a medium-sized car it's again honda doing the thing they do best
1: finding space where you never thought they could That's excellent. Actually, that is on my list for the exact same reason. I looked it up. I am quite shocked to say this. I looked it up, and the Ardeon is claiming 40 inches of rear leg room. Now, we have learned by looking up all of these (laughs) stats that... Sometimes uh, that the the tape measure would, was held in a generous fashion. <laughs> I have read numbers before and, and looked at the car and been like, there's no way there's that much room. And other times I'm shocked the other way. But I will say the stat for the Honda Accord is very similar to the one on the Ardeon, but I wouldn't be surprised if you got them back-to-back if the Accord didn't have more rear leg room than the Ardeon does. It has... Almost like executive sedan style back. Crazy. Room. Yeah. So your your son could get as big as he would like and be fine in the back of the Honda Accord. So I totally agree with you there, Paul. I have two others I want to think of. And again, you mentioned that the Stinger is a, is an option. That's a great option. I highly suggest the Stinger. The Stinger is very good. The Macan does not have a big back seat. If you're going to go Porsche no. SUV, you have no. to go Cayenne. That's why we did. Because the Macan's not big enough. <laughs> it's just a not. Second, mm-hmm. everyone. I know. Cayenne number two. If you want to, look, the the Accord I actually think might be a little bit more fun to drive than my other suggestion here, which is a Volvo wagon. Oh, that's good. You get to go wagon. V60 wagons, they look good. They've got good that's space. That's the prettiest. They're, it's they're so really good looking. they really pretty. The yeah. interior's fantastic. I think yeah. you might like a Volvo wagon so much you start looking over at that uh, Buick and going, huh, <laughs> should we get something else? Because the Volvo <laughs> wagons are awesome. And, and I'm, I'm a Buick Tour X fan, genuinely. But I think the Volvo outdoes it, so that it might there as well, but then I have one where I'm trying to blend your needs and that is you have a GR86. You're going to have to get rid of it for this. You're talking about uh, do I keep the fun car? Because money? He's going to need some more money? I would assume, well, maybe. I mean, I, I... Let's hope that stays, but you've got the GR86 that is the fun weekend got car. A 401k, I hope that stays. Right, I mean, I'm just thinking about another kid on the way the, the, this, is, this is where these emails go. It's like yeah, it really but you like that. The, the key is that you like that. You don't say if your Volkswagen golf all track is manual, but I'm gonna guess it might be. So then I went here. Current Honda Civic SI because while it doesn't have the rear seat space of the accord, it has narrower seats than the lesser versions if memory serves. it's And it really has surprisingly good. good back seat space, which also then leads me to the Elantra N, which I know has three inches more leg room, rear leg room, than the base Elantra because the seats are the sports seats. Yeah, so they're both much the, thinner. So both the Elantra N might surprise you and the Civic Si might surprise you. And now you're into something that is no question, genuinely very fun to drive and at your budget and manual. That's really good.
0: The manual part
1: is excellent. The civic aside, the, the, the backseat space we couldn't get over. Mm-hmm. This is not a Civic. The Accord is more. The Accord Zach. is even more. And the Accord should be more. But the Civic, every time we've been in it, we're like, there's a lot of space back here. You did really well. But those are thirty grand. He doesn't have to sell the GR86. He can have two fun, there you s- go. fun sports cars. There you go. I mean, 200 horsepower out of that Civic Si. You're going to want to rip through the gears. And the Elantra N is incredibly fun and has it is. very surprising backseat space because what they did with those front chairs.
0: Ooh, you could get the DCT in the Elantra N and then you could. cast your debate eye over here at the Tour X and say goodbye. And Maybe. what else do
1: you get? I mean, his wife likes it and they like True. big wagons. I it's see totally that. It's fine. Working.
0: It's working for sure. Wow. Zach, you've got some driving to do. You've got some measuring to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean with a tape measure. You just got to go get in the back seat. It's always better to actually bring your, your son in. Yes. And have him start kicking the back of your seat.
1: Well, and also I'll tell you they the thing know. that we always do. If you really want to test back seat space, you get in the front seat and you set your seating position. Mm-hmm. Now you get behind yourself. Yeah, exactly. What's the car you like the most? That's actually the real gauge. Exactly. Zach, happy hunting. Let us know
0: what you get. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com when you've got your own seat story and you need to find a car that you don't get kicked in. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listing sites online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from
1: Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, not just your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure to never miss a thing. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Auto Tempest is now the official sponsor of all of our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. When you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing the
0: next family car, or just browsing so you can see what's available, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars. One search.
1: Thomas is writing in from the UK with the headline, Expecting First Child. And this is something that happens a lot on this podcast. Not that people are expecting children, but that happens too. (laughs) The point I'm making here is (laughs) what (laughs) many of you write in because you're looking at something that's going to happen years down the line. I'm going to buy a car now. That in five years, when I have a completely different life, I want to make sure it still works for me. And I keep coming back to the same thing, which is, but what's your life right now? (laughs) Couldn't you sell that car between now and in five years when you think it's going to be all changed? Because if my life is any indication, and it's just me, my life did not go many of the places I expected. If If you talk to the person half my age, just out of college... And you told him where i had end up. In some cases, he'd be like, really? That's very cool. Other place, places, he'd be quite angry. <laughs> he would, he would have, he'd have, he'd want to give me a talking to because somehow I had not done right. So life just goes weird places. And, and we sometimes try to buy a car for the life we're projecting in five or 10 years. And I just want to come back to, you can unload a car pretty quickly mm-hmm. and buy something else. True. So you don't, you don't have to shop for five to 10 years out. Anyway, <laughs> onward.
0: I was thirsty, but note to self, do not start drinking water when you start talking. When I start I, ranting, yes, that is the yeah. whole thing. But I also yeah. have to say,
1: the other thing about Thomas, Thomas has got a cool list of cars. Uh, his wife drives a Mercedes A250E in the UK, that's a plug-in hybrid. He's had, I, I, and I'm working my way to his current car, because I think he may be the first time anybody's ever said this. His car history is a 2004 Fiat Punto, a 2009 Alfa Mi 2 Turbo, a 2005 Toyota MR2 Roadster, a 2013 Mini Cooper JCW and a 2018 Fiesta ST Mountain, which means you like cars that are fun to drive. That is that list. But what's crazy is you currently drive a 2013 Jota MX-5 Miata GT. I had to look this up. You claim it is one of two made. I think you're right. This is a aftermarket company that was a race company in the UK that built special one-offs of the third gen NC Miata, and they made it more hardcore. And you were claiming to own one of two in existence.
0: You're talking about this MX-5 getting sold. He's talking about it casually, and I'm going, wait, 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 Thomas, wait, 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 what? Because they're expecting their first child soon, He says the MX-5 will have to go and be replaced with something more child-friendly for a
1: budget of 25,000 pounds, max, nothing above that. To your credit, you are expecting your first child in a few months. You are not one of these people doing the five to 10 years, but we get there as the email goes on. So far, Thomas has browsed the following cars, the M135i,
0: 340i, and 440i BMWs. Last time I checked, the 440i was not small.
1: It is not Am, am I off base he, here? Well, that's the thing. He, he really, we, we get there in a minute, but he talks about how the 135 is as big as he can get in his garage, and I'm going, well, then the 440 not fitting. Nor is the 340. Yeah, for sure. He's looked at Audi S4s and S3s, Mercedes A35
0: and the C43 wagon, the Ford Puma ST, which I think is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Seat Leon Cupra hatch or wagon. Cupra's a separate brand now, but mm-hmm. the prior used versions were still Seats. Golf GTI or R, Mini Club and JCW. And he does say Thomas's manual will be preferred, but a good responsive automatic would be acceptable. And he would like it to be as small as possible while still being practical enough for a rear facing child seat.
1: And what's interesting is before this reality, prior to the news of the baby, he was looking at an early BMW M2, I'm jumping forward to jump back. And he said, but two doors killed this idea. Now, two things going on here. I hate to say this, but it is true. You really can put a child seat in the back of a two plus two. The problem is what does it do to the passenger seat? Mm -hmm. It is possible. You don't have to have four doors to have a child seat. I do want to put that out there. I've done it. Many others have done it. But the reason I bring this up is because I don't think that the mini Clubman JCW is going to have enough of an opening that it's going to matter. (laughs) <laughs> Seriously the they have, clubman van like, doors in the back kind of the clubman is not a four door it's got like the R, remember the RX8 doors it's got the primary door and the small yeah, true, the small suicide true. door you may as well have gotten the M2 at that point And the rear Ford transit doors I mean for cargo like, yeah exactly which are actually very cool the fridge are. doors are awesome <laughs> I, I think I think what you have to do here is you have to do if you want to solve that problem you have to go four door hatch. But to your point, Paul, he's got things on here that are bigger than the BMW 135i, which don't even go in the garage. So I feel like the world's ours. Thomas's Minister of Finance will refuse anything with a spoiler. <laughs> I have never
0: had that stipulation, Thomas. That is a new uh, you, I am, You know I am, you can
1: take them off, Tom.
0: <laughs> I had a good list going until I ran into that okay. sentence. All right. She'll refuse any car with a spoiler. Even how about even like this? Just, just a, a small: You can take them off. I think what he's it's saying
1: just, is a wing.
0: I think it, it's a wing it's because a wing. It, many of them spoilers to delaminate the airflow. The, the uh...
1: you remember the Corolla S with a spoiler, just a little <laughs> <lip> spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers are common. the The he's talking wing, but I I want to say in the case of the Focus RS, the the Civic Type R, the Evo, or the WX. All of those could be removed.
0: They could. Those are I'm giant saying, wings. They're big. Now, this will be used for commuting. He's got a 14-mile round trip a few times a week and longer trips with wife and baby. Thomas does a yearly road trip with friends to Europe, Scotland, or Wales, so it's got to be comfortable on a long journey. Hmm. And that Jota MX-5 is not the best.
1: That is a sweet car. It's a very, It's a very unique car. Now, please don't keep it just because it's unique. As I've said before, if it's not going to work for you or it's going to sit, you should set, certainly sell that car. You're bound to find a buyer for that car. You're bound to get good money out of that car.
0: I'd be shocked if there's not a line of Thomas's friends already that say, probably when you're ready, call me first.
1: I do understand because it's got a stiffer suspension setup that it makes sense that it's not a great long road trip car. So we'll try to solve that too.
0: Thomas, I do like your choice of that Puma ST that has intrigued me for something small SUV ish that would appeal to many people in your family. That's why I like it. It's not just hardcore enthusiast car. I think Mm -hmm. it would suit a lot of different styles and kinds of drivers. The Focus Estate, whenever I go to Germany, I see that Focus Estate. The like, Focus ST wagon. They made a long ST yes. W- ah, yes. Why didn't we
1: get that? I totally agree. I have that on my list as well. It's a great one.
0: Look, Thomas, the Hyundai i20 is going away, so how about a used i20N? The wing is small. It's, it's minimal. <laughs> it delaminates the airflow over the top of the car. Okay? And then I started out big until I ran into your 135i sentence. That was the measurement of things that fit in the garage. because I wanted you to have an Arteon shooting brake or a Genesis G70 shooting brake. Those are sweet. for a growing family, I think you'd love it. They're not close to (laughs) 25,000 (laughs) pounds. Okay. So the car that I am going to recommend to you is a new Toyota Prius. Thomas?
1: That's a curveball. All right, keep going.
0: There's a yellow one on the UK website. Okay. Todd and I recently finished a six-month series hammering the snot out of a new Prius. We were
1: not kind. <laughs> we, 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 we really, really weren't.
0: We hammered on that mm-hmm. thing everywhere. Mm-hmm. We didn't get the mileage that we were quite hoping for. It was we, still like we thirty-eight. Really did.
1: We got we got thirty. We got the thirties. This is a car that <laughs> brags in the fifties. Now we never right. get good gas mileage up here in our high altitude, but we were getting consistent thirties. Right, and we were we were giving it no no quarter. There was nothing kind <laughs> no of we quarter. Doing. It was always sport mode with foot to the firewall.
0: Yes, it is start car mm-hmm. sport mode. Pin the throttle. <laughs> nail that sucker to the floor. Rally
1: driving. Keep your foot pinned. Yes. and just turn with the brake. <laughs> just.
0: <laughs> so i'm i'm recommending the prius because when we found we applied sporty driving techniques and we changed the wheels and tires we were kind of shocked yeah we even took it on track if you haven't seen that piece it's on mm-hmm. our main channel the original uh, everyday driver channel
1: the next thing it needed was sway bars which apparently are coming they just didn't exist at the time we had the car yeah yeah
0: and it fits a family will fit that's true but i think i i'm not checking specs I could, but I won't because I'm going to remain optimistic that it's short enough or within the BMW 135i range or at least something that will fit in your garage. I'm Mm -hmm. remaining optimistic that it could go in your garage because your road trips will become fuel efficient. But when you hammer on this thing, there's something in there.
1: It's fun in spite of itself. That is part of the fun of that car for sure. Yeah.
0: Thomas, last comment. If it's too big, how about a new Yaris? The styling is actually cool. Hmm. Okay. Just putting that out there, but I'm I'm with the Prius because, you know what? Never in the history of this show would have I ever recommended a Prius. But after we, we spent are. time with it, it wasn't just a week. It wasn't a normal right, press loan. Right. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just the press drives the press launch. We spent time with it. We tracked it. We canyon drove it. We drove it against mm-hmm. a GTI. We thrashed the snot out of the Prius. <laughs> we
1: really thrashed is being kind. Toyota is still laughing at us for what we did with the car. Yeah. Uh huh. So I'm offering a new Prius. For your consideration, it's good stuff. Tom, I have a few for you here. First off, I already mentioned about the Clubman, which I really like, but I don't think it's big enough. If you're, if you're looking for four doors, four seats, and space, I think the Clubman, while interesting, is not big enough. I do think it's interesting you brought up the 340 and 440 IBMW. I think the 340 is the better choice for you. But if you're going to go there, I have to say it, you need to look at the Alfa Julia. The other thing that's clear sure. by your list is you are willing to look at stuff that is used because you've got stuff on your list that clearly is used stuff. So, look at the Alpha Julia. That is a car. You're you're a car guy, and you have owned unique things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While the three series BMW would work for you. When you give me your list of cars you've owned and what you've liked and the weird kind of atypical choices you've made, he had an Alpha Mito. I've seen those things in Italy and been like, oh.
0: That's sweet. Why didn't Alpha make more of these? Well, but
1: I would argue that may have been one of the worst modern Alphas.
0: Probably. Julia
1: is superb. I was just looking at it from a design standpoint. I know, totally. So I think because you are an Alpha owner prior, I I think the Julia is something you certainly need to be looking at. I think that would definitely work. The reality is, it's probably not going to fit in your garage, but neither are the BMWs. So if we're going to open the garage anyway, then there we go. Things that might fit in your garage, I think the Golf R or GTI would really surprise you with their space. Any era that you can afford, get the most recent one you can. Actually, you know what? You don't want the Mark Eight, so we're looking at the Mark Seven or the 75 Five, which are the ones you want anyway, because the Mark Eight's got the weird UI. Yeah. So you get the 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 Golf R and the or GTI tray that collects
0: dirt and it's got lots of fun. Fingernails so there's and- that.
1: You mentioned the photo, the the UK Focus ST Wagon, which I really like, and then my brain. Started going down the line of things we know we like that we don't get here. And I landed on the car I think Thomas needs. Okay. I think it'll fit in the garage. It's four doors. It has space it's a fun little hatchback you can get it in manual or dct it is the Hyundai i30n you can't get it new but you could get one a little bit used the i30n i saw the 30 the on thing. the
0: on the Hyundai website still it's at the, least it was on there maybe the, they're just but i'm saying you could
1: find one in the uk used it's going to be within your budget anyway I this love is it. the hot hatch they should have brought to the us and didn't oh, we had the velocity which we liked but it had the weird form factor and then yep. after that we had the kona n which is neither suv nor hot hatch <laughs> and we kept driving the i30n we'd go to europe We drove it on the ring and on spa and on back roads. It's an incredible amount of fun, and it has space. So I think the answer is Hyundai
0: i30N. That's excellent. I only suggested the i20 just simply because it's shorter. It's even smaller. So if if it doesn't fit. He doesn't say how much space, yeah. Ooh. If at first you don't succeed, Thomas, hit it with some speed. Like
1: pull in a little faster into your garage and we'll we'll get it in there. I remember I saw a photo once of somebody that had a really short garage and they had a 911 <laughs> and they figured out I remember seeing this photo online somewhere they figured out how much of the bottom of the wall at the nose of the car to carve out. Oh, so that they could pull far enough in that the bumper and the lights were just inside the carve out and then the car would fit. That was a small garage, but I remember seeing that wow. being like, that's some dedication right there.
0: Happy hunting, Thomas. Let us know what you get.
1: Thank you, guys, for all the great questions, at all, as always. We do ask for those questions on Mondays and Thursdays for podcasts releasing on Tuesdays and Fridays. And we typically look at Facebook and Instagram. We sometimes look at X, but we get far less traffic on there. So it's Facebook and Instagram are the primary places. We look for those. We also do look on Discord. All of our patrons that support our show have this really cool Discord community. We look around on there as well for questions, and we just appreciate them any way they come in. Some of you just email us questions. That's perfectly acceptable. Everyday Driver TV at Gmail is that email address. But the email is the best place for car debates or Topic Tuesdays. So we appreciate if you leave those there. I'm going to start with a shout-out. Lamar wrote in on Facebook and said this past weekend, he was at the Southeast Region Road Atlanta event for Hooked on Driving, which we were bummed we were not able to be at. And he is shouting out to our franchisee over there that runs that region called Steve. Steve is a great guy. He said he just wanted to give a shout-out to Steve because the event was fantastic, and Steve is a fast driver. I love that. Speaking of tracks, then there's our Grant writing in on Facebook saying, He used to take his Tacoma and his two boys on road trips to our local racetrack, which is now called Utah Motorsports campus and used to be called Miller Motorsports Park. They used to come over there and watch World Superbike, which hasn't happened for the last few years at that track. He said, what's going on with that track? Lots of management questions. (laughs) Racetracks are hard to run and make work. And that one is a phenomenal facility that has had a lot of trouble being taken seriously in the last few years. It hasn't had some of those higher-end international race series. We hope it happens again. We also want to do an event out there ourselves with Hooked on Driving because anytime we've had a chance to drive there, we marvel just like Grant is is marveling at how cool the facility is. It's a great track to drive. It's just not something that most people think of when they plan an event, but we're going to solve that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Nickel in Germany asks if we got this right we're not only coming for a pilgrimage to Germany this year but also with hooked on driving April 24th to May 3rd yes we are. His question is, where will there be a German meetup there? And if so, when? We're not sure yet,
1: but if hmm. we do, we will actually announce it on the podcast here.
0: We haven't, uh, you're, you're a step ahead of us.
1: You step ahead because we're actually worried about the cars and coffee at Laguna. One thing at a time, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> we'll do our best to get to other events around the country as Todd has alluded to, but we will announce them here and on social media as well.
1: Mitchell Edwards says, what do we think about a rumored four-door GR86 in development? Will it dethrone the WRX as the go-to enthusiast dad car? Mitchell, here's the problem. Since they dropped that car in first form when it was an FRS and the Subaru BRZ back in 2013, a decade ago, this rumor has persisted. I don't believe it. I don't think a four-door version of that car is coming. Mm. It's built by Subaru. Subaru already has cars that that would compete with. I don't think Subaru is going to want to make it. Because all of their sedans, the only thing that they don't make all-wheel drive is that BRZ because they're making it with, with and for Toyota. I think it steals from Toyota's product line it steals from Subaru's product line, whereas the 86 and BRZ do not. There's nothing that that's replacing in Toyota and Subaru's lineup. I cannot imagine this car is actually going to be a thing. Having said that, I would love for it to be a thing. Something that is approximately the size of the old E30 BMW mm-hmm. that is a rear-wheel drive, four-seat car, four doors would be possible. That, that'd be amazing. I just don't think it's coming.
0: Marvin 47 asks for recommendations on dash cam setups specifically for recording track and autocross sessions. Hmm. We don't have anyone that we are endorsing fully, but we have heard good things about the Garmin catalyst Mm -hmm. driving performance optimizer. It is expensive, but we do know people who use it and do have shown a lot of improvement. There's many things on the market. So I would look into various recommendations and, you know, have people improve their times in any kind of uh, track driving autocross, whatever, but we
1: do like the catalyst heard good things about it. Reminder, we do have two adventure drives coming. They will be released soon on our website. One of them is our Utah meetup that will happen in uh, July, if I'm not mistaken. And then we also have our big one going to north of Cody. I'm very excited about that one. That's going to be in the fall. mm, Both of those are coming. He's asking about those drives. What percent of people bring their own cars versus Turo something locally? It depends year to year, but I want to say it's like 30, 40% are people with rentals.
0: It's still pretty high, even yeah. though people have turned it into you know, a, a vacation and a An big road trip across, across the country, country. Yeah. and they bring their own car and they actually really love having their own car because they know it and they're making memories with it. Renting
1: something is absolutely possible too. I have to think, uh, literally, I'm trying to think. Various years it's it has changed, but I think it's been 30 to 40%. It's almost half, but not quite. MD Schwering on Instagram
0: is talking about Utah and mentioning a study recently about hybrids being significantly more reliable than plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. He's wondering if we think that could be related to the manufacturers that make those cars rather than to the technology itself. Mm. For example, Honda and Toyota seem to be more into traditional hybrids, which would explain why they're so reliable, whereas top PHEVs come from companies like Volvo, Hyundai, Kia, and others that aren't necessarily in the top tier of reliability. Mm. To add to it, the PHEVs Toyota makes do seem to be reliable, so we wanted our thoughts on that. You know, reliability is always the, the reputation of the car company is always uh, paramount, and Toyota is the leader in our opinion uh, for for doing that. We mm-hmm. got into a discussion recently, and and overheard an engineer discussing that very thing. You know, they're they're talking about hybridization. We we
1: just had the Toyota Tundra iForce Max. It was super max, man. It had a max. I've never seen this. It had a max gauge on the dash. How much max am I using? (laughs) Am I maxing it out? I don't even know what that's quantifying, but there it is.
0: But the overarching headspace is like, you know, we've been doing this for a while. And when we're doing something, a hybrid version of anything, reliability is paramount. There are car companies that want to enter the PHEV or hybrid market and might be willing. It's unknown and we cannot quantify anything about this comment, but they want to enter the market and have an offering. So it's all about the technology, whether or not that tech has been vetted mm. over time mm-hmm. by that car company. Honda does not have a track record of making PHEVs uh, that much. I mean, there's, there's been a few, but mm-hmm. it hasn't been mainstream across their vehicles or hybrids like Toyota, by contrast. The Venza, the Sienna, now the Camry, everything is a hybrid. It doesn't come any other way. Toyota's hybridized everything. Honda has had a few.
1: They've had had, consistent lineups, but it hasn't been across the board. I take your point.
0: Same with Hyundai and Kia. They've now got an offering or it's a vehicle that is made to do it all. And when we encounter things like Kia Neros that are designed to be an EV, to be uh, a PHEV, a hybrid, and a gas-powered car, there's too much compromise. Mm. We would prefer it if it's, designed for that purpose only because ultimately it's going to be a better vehicle dynamically and probably going along with that reliability.
1: I'm very, I was very curious about this study and I was amazed to be honest with you that the standard hybrids were more reliable in general than the PHEVs, I say this as a PHEV owner, were the least reliable. And I do (laughs) have, MD, I think the thing here is just amount of time it's been done even more than it is manufacturers because hybrids have been a thing for a quarter of a century. Think about it that way. At least. 25 yeah. years. It was the late 90s when they really started. I mean, that was when the first Prius came out. It was late 90s. Yeah. Man, that was an ugly car. But anyway, the point is, it's there's better. been hybrids ever since. And a lot of manufacturers have toyed with hybrids. And all the PHEV stuff is the last, what, five, 10 years on the high side? Mm-hmm. And and battery technology is constantly changing the, you know, what happens when you keep plugging something in constantly, that obviously is a different battery drain than having it work as a hybrid. I think it has to do with the youth of these technologies by comparison as well. Eli Miller 64 asking about
0: that $15,000 immediate fun car recommendations, the 500 BART, Fiesta ST, BRZ, or FRS. Those are becoming close to 10 years old. That's crazy. Uh Uh-huh. Do we foresee a few new cars taking over or do we already have newer cars in mind? You know, I'm seeing pause throughout the industry. Mm -hmm. As all of you reading articles about the industry are, we're seeing a a check in the hearts of various manufacturers and CEOs. Some are abandoning plans that were just announced three years ago. (laughs) Mercedes-Benz. They're now saying something new in their fourth quarter reports that, you know what, maybe our plans to do whatever their plans were three years ago, they're changing. Mm. It's hard for manufacturers to be able to stand on something because of so many factors, but I do think that many of these fun cars they're not going to go away. They're still going to be looked at by manufacturers as a segment where we can take something that's an economy car mm. and make something hot and fun out of it. I don't think that thinking will ever disappear, whatever the powertrain is.
1: The hot riding of reality does stick around. And I'll keep in mind, you're talking about those cars being 10 years old. What's the stuff that is going to be 10 years old from now? That's what's going to slot mm-hmm. in all these spots. I mean, think about the, uh, the Veloster N. Mm-hmm. It's more than 15 grand, but not by much. You know, the, the second gen, the GR86, is going to drop down into those price points. I mean, we keep having, thankfully, these fun cars. It's just if they're brand new now at 25 to 30, give them 10 years, they'll be 15. And hopefully, here's the big question what's coming along, to your point, Paul, behind the current crop for the 10 years to come? Mm hmm. One last reminder that we are going to be in the Monterey area for Laguna Seca on March 10th. That is a Sunday morning. We are doing a Cars and Coffee. We're there for the whole weekend of the HOD event. We'd love to see you Sunday morning. If you're not coming to track, just come by and say hi. It'd be really cool. We're always looking
0: forward to next time. Thanks for questions. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. We'll see you at the track. Cheers, everyone.